Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, July 11th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Fucking Gettys. Blessed, it is a pleasure to be with you today on this Monday. It's a pleasure to have you here with me on this Monday. How's, how's it going, Tim? It's going great. It's 7-Eleven. Everyone go celebrate. Get some it Slurpees. Is. Listen to some Beyonce. You know what I did this Simple. weekend, Bless? Besides go to, to yeah, I, I did. Ron Funch's comedy set was fantastic. So yeah, everybody. he killed it, dude. If you if get, you get the chance, chance to see go. him live, yeah. go see him live. He was great, and Nick killed it too. Nick, I was gonna say, that was a lot of fun. Nick killed it, and he had a new joke that destroyed. Which is me. All, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, great. Congratulations, that's great. Nick, on the on the mm-hmm. new joke. Uh, but earlier in the weekend, uh, G and I were looking for something to watch on Netflix, and I realized that I we, we watched Elvis in theaters, which was fantastic. Ooh, how was you that? guys should go watch. Uh, it was so good, so yeah. damn very I long. Really watch that. Two hours and forty minutes. It's it's a it's a long one, but totally worth it. Great movie. The Doja uh, Cat has me the, sold. Like the Doja Cat song has me sold. And it's I've great. been listening to that song nonstop, and I'm like, it's, I watch it's this really movie. good. It is. Yeah. Uh, so we were in the music vibe. So we were trying to find more things on Netflix. And I realized I had never watched Homecoming, the uh, Beyonce Coachella concert mm. that they, they did. Have you seen this? I have not seen it. It's, a, Less, it's one that I should see as somebody who really likes yo, Beyonce. It's required viewing. It might be like one of the greatest single concerts of all time. Just the artistry put into all of it. Like they have a drum line for the entire, like a drum line band for the entire thing. So there's like no music being played over speakers it's just like it's the band playing the shit and it's the uh, drumline style the entire time it's so damn good anyway wa- it's on netflix i know this is probably a dumb question but are you watching in your theater mm-hmm. oh yeah i, mean, I need that, that experience. Smacks, bro oh, i yeah. need that experience god damn <laughs> have you ever seen and i know it's a weird topic nowadays but like kanye west had uh a vh1 storytellers over a <laughs> decade ago Plus- well, he goes through, okay, not, see, Tim, I know you're one of me. I know you're one of my people. And so, like, yeah. I had to assume that you've seen it. But to this day, that is one of the best, like, recorded live performances I've I've watched on video. It is incredible. Where this is 808s and Heartbreak era, Kanye. This mm-hmm. is post-Glow-in-the-Dark tour. It is him going through his first three albums, but all in, or first four albums, all in that style of 808s and Heartbreak. Yep. And it is immaculate shit. Him telling stories be- between the songs, it is fantastic. Dude, I, I love that. I actually just listened to that a couple months ago, and it, oh, hell yeah. it holds up so well, man. It's so good. And a, a random fun, it's funny you bring that up, because in Elvis, like, the set that Kanye used for that VH1 Storyteller was an Elvis, like, in an homage. Like, Oh, shit. There, there's a, a iconic Elvis performance that is using the exact same set that Kanye did, which is really is cool. Incredible. But, Tim, enough mm. about Elvis. Enough, enough about enough Kanye. About enough about Doja Cat. 
Let's talk about today's stories, which include Ubisoft making its old games unplayable, Haven Studios finalizing their deal with PlayStation, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you shout out to prime gaming for sponsoring our streams to celebrate prime day you can start freeloading over 30 games with prime gaming for prime day 2022 and then you'll also be able to claim additional games on prime day july 12th and july 13th which will include AAA titles like mass effect legendary edition grid legends need for speed heat and star wars jedi knight jedi academy star wars jedi knight 2 jedi outcast and Star Wars Republic Commando. So check out the link in the description to start freeloading games now. And then, hey, LA, want to hang out with Greg, Joey, and Snow Michael Michael? Xbox and Kind of Funny will be taking over the Fonda Theater in Los Angeles for the As Dusk Falls launch event. Uh, that'll have a live We Have Cool Friends, a live Kind of Funny Games cast, a live Let's Play. Want to come through? Kindoffunny.com slash Xbox for all the details. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Treisman. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, MeUndies, and Athletic Greens, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A bigger dozen. Starting with our number one, Ubisoft uh, titles are pulled, or Ubisoft titles pulled from Steam may lock out players who bought them. This comes from Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Ubisoft's delisting of Assassin's Creed Liberation HD and Silent Hunter 5 from Steam may render them unplayable, even for players who own them already. As reported by PC Gamer, this follows announcements last week that the company would decommission online services in some of its older games from, from September, including Assassin's Creed Liberation and Silent Hunter 5. For both titles, in addition to online features being turned off, it also means that the installation, access, installation and access to DLC will be unavailable, uh, Ubisoft said at the time. Since then, AC Liberation HD and Silent Hunter have been pulled from sale on Steam, with the following message appearing on the page. Quote, at the request of the publisher, this game is no longer available for sale on Steam, end quote. It further reads, quote, please note this title will not be accessible following September 1st, 2022, meaning that even players who previously purchased the game won't be able to play it from that date. Ubisoft replied to the controversy in a statement sent to VG247, saying, quote, We don't take the decision to retire services for older Ubisoft games lightly, and our team are currently assessing all available options for players who will be impacted when these games' online services are decommissioned on September 1st, 2022, end quote. The spokesperson continued, quote, We are also working with our partners to update this inf information across all storefronts, so players will be fully informed about the removal of online services at the point of purchase, as well as via our support article where we shared the news, end quote. Tim, old-ass Ubisoft games that are being delisted are seemingly becoming unplayable for those that even own them. How yeah. does that strike you? It's not great. 
you know, and this has been the future we've been building towards for a long time. And I, you know, I keep bringing this up, but like, it's the saddest thing in the world for me personally to go to a Best Buy and see the the physical Blu-ray section just get smaller and smaller and smaller to the point of not existing uh, in some Best Buys at all. And with video games, we're kind of seeing a, a similar thing. And there, there's been the the trend towards even pushing digital codes and stuff in physical spaces. You go to a, a GameStop, right? And it is 90% Funko Pops and like 5% physical games. And then the rest of it is kind of just like them trying to push some way to sell digital codes for you to just go home and download things. And at, we're also at a point that so many physical games aren't even the physical game you still need to download the majority of the game when you get back um in some cases it's like you you're buying a box that just has a code in it like you don't even have a disc or a cartridge or whatever um so with all of that like you know we we've seen these stories kind of come up and then sometimes they have happier endings like i know a lot of the playstation stuff recently that everyone was mad about last year they kind of came back right and we're like oh let's we're gonna find a way to 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 not do the, this or at least postpone older PlayStation it. Store, stores closing right for i believe vita stores and ps3 stores right people made a big big hubaloo about it and then they, mm-hmm. they turned around i want to say like weeks or maybe a month later and we're like hey sorry <laughs> we messed yeah. up we're actually not going to close these things all the way down yeah so it just sucks and like with it being ubisoft doing this like this is going to continue to happen and you know as games evolve and change and their foundations are different than they used to be and there's just more elements at play where whether it's online or dlc or just all that stuff like it just complicates the preservation of older games and um it's unfortunate i don't know that we're ever really going to get to a solution where this stops but you know there's great people out there putting in the work with like the video game history foundation right to uh try their best to to stop this and remedy it and preserve games as much as possible but uh ubisoft's looking at it and they're like they're, they don't find value in keeping assassin's creed liberation hd and siler hunter 5 up for for people you know tim speaking of the preservation of old games gluttonful writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says our good morning mateys with ubisoft mm. removing access to a steam purchase right after putting it on deep sale uh so or do do you think this just encourages piracy while piracy is of course wrong and not okay won't this choice cause financial loss as people pirate future ub games out of spite or will this not make a difference I don't think it'll make a difference. I think you bring up a really good point and you know, the piracy is out there uh, and people sail the seas. Um, I, I think like that bones is out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think with this, it's like, I don't think that there's going to be a big enough demand for people trying to pirate. What was it? Silent Hunter, Silent 5. Hunter five. And it, I, I yeah. think that's the thing is if, for Ubisoft, I'm sure the choice comes down to, Hey, do we continue to pay money to keep these games up on Steam? And probably like they're probably paying for uh, like service space for these games to exist digitally, digitally on that service. Or do you just risk people pirating and maybe like a few people buying these games every month? It's probably the former, right? It's probably hey, let's just get these things off off the the store and just work and not even care about people coming through to pirate Assassin's Creed HD Liberation. Because realistically, yeah. how many people are pirating that game? Not totally. that many. And also, I mean, if it's decommissioned, if it's off the thing, they're not losing any money. That's where this all gets kind of like extra complicated, right? Is like the morality of stealing because it is stealing. If you're piracy in any form, it's it is theft, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's personally, I feel like it's a little less wrong when there's no other way to get the thing and it's not harming anybody's bottom line at all, you know? Yeah. So 
it's not like it's skull and bones, right? Yeah, it's not, not like it's a product they're actively trying to sell. In fact, they're, they're actively not selling it. Yeah, I mean, that comes back to me with like, you know, now that I have this big, beautiful machine called the Steam Deck, I've been talking a lot about emulation and going back and playing older games. And like with that, you know, I made I put out the blessing show where where part of that blessing show was me talking about, hey, get ROMs, like, you know, get em, get emulators, play older games on these things. With that, I still have my own lines that I draw. I don't play like if I wanted to, I could get Breath of the Wild on my Steam Deck, right? And play it in a probably a better resolution, all these things. That's kind of a line that I draw. I don't do that. I know people that do do that. I don't necessarily like, and I don't necessarily judge them for it, but that's the thing that I personally, I'm like, oh, I don't want to buy, or I don't want to pirate a modern Nintendo game because that is the thing that they're really trying to sell, even though I own Breath of the Wild, right? Maybe a decade from now or two decades from now when it is more, hey, this is a piece of history. This is a classic game. This is a thing that I'm sure by that time, Nintendo is going to find some way to make it difficult to get Breath of the Wild. That's a different story. But for me playing, street fighter third strike for the playstation 2 right like i don't find that to be as egregious of a thing and i'm for and i'm sure even for ubisoft as they're decommissioning these games they do not give a fuck if you pirate silent hunter 5 right again a game that i'm sure for them is not profitable at this point uh i'm sure they they don't care and like that morality again is in a gray space where it's not completely right right i'm not telling you to go do it but i i'm also not like rolling eyes at somebody who's like oh i want to go pirate that game right it's just it's a fuck it's a fucking weird space that we that we're in right now with this stuff yeah yeah it's layered it's complicated you kind of just have to listen to your your heart and your moral compass <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you how do you think this affects i guess the transition to the all digital future because i think this this is something that we've been talking about for what like a decade and a half at this mm-hmm. point in terms of consoles especially transitioning into becoming more and more digital we're in the first generation where both xbox and playstation have a purely digital version of their consoles for people to only download download games on do you think this sort of thing is something to worry about in terms of game licenses essentially being revoked i mean yes there's no way around it that is it's happening and it is something to worry about because we're seeing it happen and it's going to continue to happen more and more this is the millionth time that this has happened. There's been so many stories that we've talked about on Games Daily or just things where it's like, oh, games got taken down because of the the license of a song on the soundtrack uh, expired, so it can't be up anymore. Or the amount of like game remakes, I can remember even like uh, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, there was the uh, remake of it on the 360 era and then that got decommissioned because they lost the license over, over time. Like that stuff is always going to happen. I think that video games are you know, always at the forefront of technology and entertainment. And they continue to be a bigger and bigger part of the the largest aspect of entertainment in terms of dollars these days. So with that pushing forward, they're going to be chasing the money. They're going to be chasing the tech and video games are inherently tech, right? So I look at other industries that went through similar situations like music, right? where people own CDs, no one owns CDs anymore. Very few people do. And even if you are someone like me that likes to own CDs, it's getting impossible to do so. So many albums are coming out and they're not even available physically. Like the only way to get them is digitally. And back in the day, that meant buying from Apple or pirating. Uh, there's always there's there's a lot of, uh, of parallels going on here, yeah. right? Uh, but then it gets to the point where nowadays it's like streaming, right? It's Spotify, it's Apple Music, Tidal, like all of that. Like you you don't own that stuff. Like you're you're borrowing it at best, right? So yeah. I feel like 
the whole world is changing to this this side of tech where you don't actually own the things and people are going to have problems with that for good reason but that's not going to change the fact that i don't think we're ever getting away from that yeah and i will say i mean that stuff also has benefits to it too right as much as it as we'd hate to admit it and like i don't want to live in a world that's all digital everything i like options and i think options are what's best for people if we can live in a world that has both digital and physical options i think that's great but also at this point with video games how even the physical options it's like the discs that you're buying are just USB sticks, right? And they're just, they're not even USB sticks, they're just DRM sticks that you mm -hmm. put in a console and you're downloading that game anyway, right? And most of those games aren't gonna run without a big update, a big day one update anyway. So like even, even when you're buying physical, how much of that is still with the idea of, oh yeah, I'm gonna retain ownership of a game. This game is gonna be playable off that disc. Chances are a game is not gonna be as playable as you'd like it to be off that disc because there's an update anyway. But I digress, right? Talking about, the benefits of it all you know you bring up spotify as a thing and you bring up how even for music right piracy has been a, a a big thing for years and years and years right multiple decades and for me i think about how great the transition was for me transitioning off of uh, off of um itunes and my ipod my my ipod nano with 80 gigs in it uh transitioning from that into spotify that changed the music listening game for me where I listen to so much more music. I have access to so much more music readily available. If I'm driving right now and I'm like, oh, I, I want to listen to some EDM right now. I can switch to EDM. If I want to listen to some hip hop, I can switch to that on, on a whim. If I want to listen to some My Chemical Romance, I could do that, right? And with, when I had my iPod, when the world wasn't all digital, guess what? I had 12 songs on a disc. I had an album. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to only listen to Graduation. And that's about it for this car ride until I get home and swap discs for like the limited 10 discs that I own, right? Like we're yeah. in a better future now. And also like to that point, I was a fucking criminal back then. I, <laughs> I was on <laughs> line. Uh, I guess would have been no, playing Breath no. of the Wild for sure. Uh, oh, bless, one, bless, one bless. I, just, I want you to just, that's not something we, you know, it's smart to admit to. I was point. allegedly a criminal exactly. allegedly allegedly, allegedly. A, lot allegedly. Of his friends, a lot of his friends might have been you know dabbling in this sort of thing that's what we usually say you know <laughs> oh man allegedly you know like LimeWire, was that on my computer was i downloading viruses <sighs> of course not maybe maybe allegedly maybe allegedly maybe no you're maybe. smart enough to read the comments and see the warnings you know of course, of course. Zio VGM in the chat says the Kotaku article on this has an update that went live when KFG started. It looks like Ubisoft is backing off, and then other people are saying that uh, that's the case and that they uh, the game will still be playable uh, for people that oh yeah have bought it before. So so the turn the turnaround that you're talking about happened way quicker, yeah. quick enough that it happened right as the show went live. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so there's that. I mean, it, you know, there's still issues with it all of and i think that the the reason that this was uh interesting news story today is the fact that to my knowledge this is one of the first times that they were saying that they're taking it off and it's unplayable even if you owned it before mm -hmm. so the fact that they're backing off that hey at least we're pushing off this future just a little bit we just, did it everybody we did everybody go down on spotify listen listen to music pay for your pay for your subscriptions anyway story number two the deal has officially closed. Haven Studio is a part of PlayStation Studios. This is Christopher Dring at gamesindustry.biz. The ink has now dried. The team at Haven Studios, the Canadian game developer led by industry veteran Jade Raymond, are now officially PlayStation employees. Today, as the deal is finally confirmed, we've caught up with Haven again, and a lot has changed in just a short amount of time. The developer now has 106 employees, a rise of over more than, than 50 since October last year, so it's certainly no small indie team anymore. 
And what's more is it's made some key engineering hires and significantly increased its investment in R&D in the cloud. Quote, we had a cloud team initially that was about six people working on new ways to work. Now we've just welcomed another 21 engineers to focus on long-term cloud innovation because we really believe it's going to be a game changer in terms of how games are made. When you think about how, and when you think about the game engines that we have around, uh, they were all built several years ago and things have changed a lot. Our games have, have a lot more data. We're making it exclusive for PS5 and it is a live service game. So we have additional challenges of how, how do we make that kind of game with that kind of delivery, but with the PlayStation level of graphics that people expect all while allowing for those constant updates and building something that could be a living experience, end quote. Haven is aiming to be a studio built for the modern world of game development. It was formed during a pandemic with staff working remotely and by people who know a thing or two about cloud technology. It's this approach that has caught the attention of PlayStation's other studios. The company's R&D work has also caught the attention of Mark Cerny, the lead system architect behind PS4 and PS5, although this isn't necessarily related to the cloud. Quote, so Mark Cerny is one of the main reasons we're investing so much in R&D and in this very senior engineering team, uh, Raymond teases. She continues, quote, it's not just tied to the cloud, but also some more forward thinking R&D. I'm not able to say how I'm not able to say too much now, but that's obviously one of the other things that's been a big attractor and is exciting to our team with PlayStation. End quote. Tim, there's a lot of interesting tidbits here, right? Like mm -hmm. Haven Studios, it's been kind of a slow and fast burn at the same time, right? Where last year, about a year and a half ago, I believe that's when they announced that they were partnering with PlayStation Work on a new IP. About a year later, earlier this year, at the top of the year, it was announced that they were being essentially bought by PlayStation. The deal's finally closed. We've been getting a lot of updates as far as Haven Studios. And this update, I think, is very fascinating in terms of their role in PlayStation Studios as a whole, because it seems like they're not only important for this live service game that they're making, they're also important for the fact that they're doing a lot of R&D. They're doing a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of cloud stuff. Tim, how does that how does that strike you? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, it reminds me a lot of um, a, a couple of years ago when they first approached Kojima. Right. And they were like kind of talking to him about the, 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 the tech behind the Decima engine and, you know, like mm. Horizon and Gorilla kind of building that. And then other uh, PlayStation Studios, or in the case of Kojima, like Kojima Productions, coming in and using that engine and the collaboration between um, the different teams. I think that this is more of that type of situation where I think that they're gonna they're using their new IP, whatever it's gonna be, as the kind of testing ground for the technology that the rest of PlayStation Studios will be able to use later. Right? I think we've seen a lot of success with that, even with uh, the Xbox side of things as. You know, we're still in the the middle of them acquiring everybody, and we're still kind of like in the early days of like what that all looks like. But I imagine that five, ten years down the line, Xbox is going to be a lot more dialed in, where there's going to be a lot more understanding of what it means to be an Xbox game studio and the unique strengths of each team and how they can share those with each other, right? And I think that with PlayStation, um, them they've been focusing on cloud stuff forever. Like remember, even Gaikai back with the the launch of the PS4 when they were first talking about all that stuff to see where we're at now with uh, with PlayStation Now being uh, PlayStation the, Plus Premium now, right? Being the most public it's ever been because of the PlayStation Plus upgrades. Um, there's more focus on it. It seems a little bit more. It's always been there, but now it kind of seems like something the PlayStation's actively pushing, uh, including the cloud base, the cloud side of it. And I know that this is a different use of the cloud, but I think that PlayStation overall trying to understand 
its various uses of the cloud using the R&D that they're they're putting into this, especially knowing Jade Raymond, where was she last? Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> right. Them talking about like the the having experience with cloud. It's like, yeah, that's this all adds up. Yeah. And I, I, it's very exciting. And I highly recommend people go over to gamesindustry.biz and click through the article. There was a lot I was able to include because they had a, a big interview uh, with Jade Raymond detailing a lot. And a, a big bulk of it was them talking about what cloud and R and the uh, R and D means for them. And a lot of it was focused on the cloud aspect of it. And a big part of that was uh, when their studio was established, it was established during quarantine. And so they were doing a lot of working from home. In fact, I think they were doing, they were entirely working from home. And because of that, they had to to uh, collaborate together using the cloud as a way to develop and for a lot of game development a lot of that is transitioning to hey work remote right like the pandemic has taught us that not everything needs to be in this in, in the same studio um and cloud seems to be a big solution for that um especially for you know there's been the big uh worry i think for a lot of bigger studios in terms of hey like we want to keep this stuff secretive we don't want things we don't want things leaking hey to like be able to work together in this way on these big uh, uh, projects that require a lot of data going back and forth. You need to take this big machine home <laughs> with you to be able to work on that stuff. It seems like cloud has been the way to get around a lot of that. And Jade Raymond Studio, and the way, again, the, the way that you're talking about Decima with um, Kojima Productions and um, uh, Gorilla, right? Collaborating together to make this new engine that could be used for PlayStation games going forward. It seems like them doing this cloud stuff is going to be good for that. Good for maybe transitioning even other PlayStation Studios to working remotely. And then also just general cloud stuff that is going to make games better. You know, we talk about uh, what Hideo Kojima is working on with Xbox all the time. And I think the promise there is that, oh, we're going to see, see stuff unlike what we've seen before in video games because... Hey, Kojima's really good with technology. He's really creative with te technology. And cloud can make it so that maybe you are getting more vast worlds. Maybe you are getting more smooth connectivity in terms of online connected games. There's a, there's a lot of ideas there that you can mess with um, that, because of the cloud. And so like PlayStation on their side, also going hard with that stuff makes sense. And it also reminds me, you know, you bring, you bring up Decima. It also reminds me of Bungie in the way that at the top of the year, PlayStation buys Bungie. And a lot of that conversation becomes... How can Bungie affect PlayStation for live mm. service? How can mm -hmm. PlayStation learn from what Bungie has done with Destiny and feed that into maybe Last of Us um, factions, maybe whatever multiplayer thing that Gorilla could be working on or Insomnia could be working on or any of these other PlayStation studios could be working on? How can we feed that back into the ecosystem? Um, I think it's really cool and really smart to have it be a thing of, hey, PlayStation studios have value way outside the hey here's a god of war here's a last of us no like uh haven studios is gonna be fucking valuable because the of the tech and the r d that they're doing bungie is gonna be valuable because of their games but also because of how they're feeding multiplayer back right like and, and that's what studio is gonna do vr shit for them that's gonna be inc incredible for that and what's exciting about that is there is the potential of in addition to the the tech being great what if their new ip is also a new god of war Right. And not, oh, yeah. not not actually a new God of War, but a like, new the hits, next like a, yes. the next big PlayStation thing. Like that would be ideal. And especially with PSVR, the same thing. Like if they can combine uh and it works the other way too, of like what how could God of War or Last of Us benefit from the different technology available thanks to either VR or live service stuff or the cloud stuff. And I know not everything 100%. fits everywhere, and I know even me to say live service with God of War sounds like horrible. Uh but hey. If they yeah, get like you right, never know how this stuff's gonna pan. Like I, I was half expecting, and I'm still half expecting at some point for there to be a God of War VR game. 
because if you want to sell PlayStation VR, you got to put the bigger IP on there. And I think that's why you see Horizon Call of the Mountain being announced as kind of a lead PlayStation VR thing, because you want to get you want to get people excited for it. How do you get Spider-Man into VR? How do you get um, God of War into VR and some of the other big PlayStation IP? I'm sure there are studios working together to try and figure that out. And to that point, Tim, of what if they make the next God of War or Last of Us or Uncharted? I go back to the part in the article where Jade talks about how quote, we're making an exclusive for PS5 and it is a live service game. So we have additional challenges of how do we make that kind of game with that kind of delivery, but with the PlayStation level graphics that people expect. I, I'm so excited for whatever this game is without knowing shit about the game, because again, them talking about how they're using the cloud and how they're using a lot of the, the research and development that they're doing. We want to make a PlayStation, we want to make games with PlayStation level graphics that people expect, but also live service. That can be a banger. Right, that could be that could be dope as hell. And again, we don't know shit about it. It could come out. It could be a dud. But I I like where they're thinking or how they're thinking about this stuff. That's like that's the kind of innovation I want out of a PlayStation first party studio. So for me, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Tim, you know what else is really exciting? Ah, Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer? As if you aren't booked and busy already. But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget. Because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience. But you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the socks soft micro modal fabric find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4xl meundies has a great offer for all of you out there for any first time purchasers you can get 15 off for a limited time if you sign up for the free to join meundies membership you get 25 off your first membership item to get 50 off your order 25 off your first membership item and 100 satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kinda funny. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you, so why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my desktop, uh, all everything. Anytime I'm using the internet, just because I am trying to stay as safe as possible. The best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use our link, expressvpn.com slash kind of funny, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny shout out to athletic greens for sponsoring this episode i started taking ag1 because i'm not a big pill guy i don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things but i wanted to make sure that i was taking care of my health now i've been using it the last couple months and i love it it doesn't taste like it's super healthy it has a fun tropical taste that i actually look forward to in the morning with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your 
gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focused, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Story number three, Respawn is hiring for an Apex game that is not Apex Legends. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. According to recent job listings, Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment is currently hiring for a, quote, Apex Universe FPS incubation title that may very well be a single-player game. As reported by Dexerto, one of the job listings in question is for a senior engine slash systems engineer that will, quote, design, build, and maintain technology that enables the team to create uh, and create engaging gameplay and fantastic experiences, end quote. Another job listing for a hard service artist uh, on this project mentions that Respawn is, quote, looking for a talented and experienced mid-level 3D hard service artist uh, to help build a brand new Respawn single player adventure, end quote. It's important to note that Respawn is hiring for this, quote, Apex Universe FPS incubation title alongside a, quote, new game incubation team that may or may not be the same game. For those hoping for a new Titanfall game, it is interesting that Respawn specifically mentions this new project is in the Apex universe and not the Titanfall one, which existed before Apex Legends was ever released. Respawn also uh, specifically said it wasn't working on a Titanfall game as it has too many other games at the moment. Tim, does this surprise you? Um, Parts of it, yes. I mean, the whole universe thing aren't they the same universe like just because they Titanfall existed universe. before it's weird to say that it's not the same universe but um yeah i wonder what this is gonna end up being like i wouldn't be surprised if it was uh i mean me and you've even talked about this before like an apex legends single player game that is apex that is like way more focused on the gunplay of apex as opposed to the mech based stuff of, of titanfall um I honestly would be surprised if this ends up being a Titanfall thing. I do think that it's going to be branded Apex and not feel like Titanfall at all. I think it's really going to be Apex. I My prediction is that I think it might be a spiritual successor to Titanfall to some extent, but it, but to some extent, but it will be branded Apex. And that's why I go I where, where they say, hey, this project is in the U- Apex universe and not the Titanfall one. I think that's less less of a, oh, these are separate universes and more of a, no, branding-wise, IP-wise, we want to push Apex, we don't want to push Titanfall because Apex is the bit, is the talk of the town, right? Apex has, I forget the last number, but I remember, I'm, I think the last one I remember was 50 million. I'm sure it's probably exceeded way, uh, way beyond that by now. Um, Apex has the user base, whereas Titanfall, and this is mostly EA's fault, but Titanfall just didn't sell like that. Yeah, and, so, and I mean it's it's wild that you that you just said like t- that uh, Apex is the talk of the town. Like I just think it's wild that we can be in an era where there are so many games that can be considered the talk of the town. Like there are oh, multiple yeah. hits. Like those player bases, that's no joke. Like that is a substantial amount of people playing Apex Legends. <laughs> like who would have thought this many yep. years later? You know, so like good for them. But yeah, you're right. Like unfortunately there is there's not as much value in the titanfall brand as there is the apex brand and i wonder if that's possible to change or if it's too far gone you know i think it's too far gone i think for especially for respawn where you're working on also star wars 
you're working on uh apex like legends proper and then <clears throat> excuse me you're also working on the single player thing right and knowing respawn you're probably also working on two or, th or one or two other things beyond that too i'm sure those are going to be other big bigger ips that the um, that uh that span beyond what titanfall was right like i think titanfall in terms of name recognition and sellability I don't think it, I don't, it's not that it couldn't get to to those other heights as you like see with other bigger shooters, but I just don't think they're it's been treated the the right way to get there. And I think at this point, especially for how EA operates, you know, Apex is a free to play big battle royale game that makes sense for what the space is right now, right? Jedi Fallen Order is a single player uh, Star Wars game that's very exciting and that's going to sell because it has Star Wars in the title. Whatever this Apex single player thing is, I think that's going to sell because it is apex and then it's also uh respawn doing what respawn does well which is putting together a dope ass game with solid mechanics that plays well right timefall 2 the single player campaign for that was dope as fuck it was awesome but it, it just didn't have that push because because of the name and also the placing of it i think whatever this apex thing is 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 going to have that push it is going to have that that fervor behind it respawn man they got the stuff they got the stuff they're out here doing the damn thing like i wonder i wonder how long that's gonna go you know, I wonder how long That's they're just question. like their their train of successes is gonna continue to choo choo on. I mean, what they're one of the few studios under EA right now that is celebrated. You know, it goes respawn. Uh, what was that? What's Dice been up to? I guess Dice. <laughs> it goes respawn. It goes respawn. And then respawn. Oh, and then probably and then, uh, like, oh, man. I mean, when I think about the, the what the top three games I mean, out of EA Bioware. in like the last five years, oh, I, respawn might have the top three EA yeah. games in the last five yeah. years, right? Between fucking Apex Legends, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and Titanfall Two. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure again, I know there's sports fans out there, but you guys aren't gonna argue with this, right? Like, you know, I love nah, people. Nah. We're not gonna put people in that conversation. <laughs> Bioware in the last couple of games had Anthem and uh Mass Effect Andromeda. Chat, let me oh, it takes two, it takes two is a good one to throw out, actually. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. good point. Do does EA own uh that that studio or is it just a partnership? Cause I I would half count that. Yeah, I would half, half count Hazelight. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they own them, but yes, yeah, someone. It's only a partnership. They're saying, yeah, okay. Partnership no, is what, is what Chad. Anthem saying. Metal saying they're owned. Hmm. Let me know. Can somebody actually look it up, and then you can let me know in counterfeit.com slash you're wrong. Somebody said Codemasters too. I'll accept it, even though I don't know if I put any of those games on the same level as the three games I mentioned from Respawn. But I think you know Codemasters put they put out great racing games. But okay, with great racing games is a different conversation than what we're saying with Respawn. Sure. And I, I think that the thing that makes Respawn so incredibly impressive is you know we've talked a lot about insomniac over the last couple of years as well as like oh wow they're really kind of they're doing the damn thing but uh and not to say that it has to be like one versus the other it's great seeing all of these guys succeed but uh with respawn it's cool that they got two very different types of video games and found major success with jedi fallen order being this single player game in a very unsingle player world uh yeah. and finding so much success there and then on the other side, having Apex Legends, which is a giant free-to-play multiplayer hit. Yes. Very different types of games, but they got the stuff on both sides. 100%. Right now, I have a I have a page opened. Uh, I'm on EA.com slash career slash team slash studios, mm -hmm. where they have a list of all the, the EA studios, right? So you got Bioware, Criterion, Ripple Effect, DICE, EA Sports, Full Circle, Maxis, Motive, Respawn, Codemasters respawn is fucking like 
I think the respawn yeah. is a standout. Like, not that I th- there are a lot of great studios in there. Motive, like, uh, shout out to Motive because they they did Star Wars Squadrons, which which was cool. a little bit more niche of a product, but still. But I, I like looking at these studios. None of these studios have put out. I don't think anything on the on the on the level of Respawn's last three releases between yes. Apex, yes. Titanfall Two, and Jedi Fallen Order. And I, when I say last three releases, I'm sure I think there was a bad Medal of Honor in there somewhere. So I'm discounting that, right? Yeah. I'm talking about the bangers. Respawn has the stuff, and I hope they don't. I like I. It's tough to figure out the future of Respawn if they're going to fall off anytime soon because I think the big one of the big things, one of the big shifts happening is. Um, What's his what's his name? The lead of Respawn, Vince. Vince Zampella. Yes. Vince Zampella. Thank you. He's been moved around a bit, and it seems like they're stretching him real thin nowadays because yeah. they put him they put him a bit higher in uh, in EA where he's not just in charge of Respawn anymore, and that worries me a little bit in terms of all right, like is is does he have the magic touch? Like was how how crucial was he? for building up respawn in terms of having the flow and having the the uh design philosophy and just the expertise that that studio has nowadays like how crucial was he in that process i'm sure they still have the talent i'm sure they're still gonna continue uh, continue to kill in the near future Mm -hmm. but i hope that ea doesn't like mess with them too much that's 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 the small worry i have but i think they'll be Mm -hmm. able to keep up with it at least in the near future yep something i'm looking forward to in the near future tim story number four the last is part one remake is not a cash grab, uh, says a developer. This comes from Vicky Blake at Eurogamer. A developer who has worked on Naughty Dog... I already up- hate this story. I just want to let you know, Bless. Just hear it. I hate this. Tim, I hate I, this. I'm right there with you, because Discourse <sighs> fucking sucks. I'm tired of the fucking Twitter back and forths. All right? Just but- stop. Well, we, let's, let's read the story and we'll talk about it because I'm right yeah. there with you. A developer who worked on Naughty Dog's upcoming PS5 remake of The Last of Us Part 1 has hit back at claims uh, that it's just a cash grab. In a tweet on his personal Twitter account, Robert Morrison, whose credits also include Resident Evil 7, Injustice 2, and Santa, Mon- Santa Monica Studios' 2018 God of War reboot, countered such claims by insisting it is, quote, the most meticulously built and crafted project that's had the, the highest level of care and attention to detail possible, end quote. Animator Morrison, who worked on The Last of Us Part 1 and now works at fellow Sony studio Bend, said, quote, Actually, it's the most meticulously built and crafted project that I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire career, end quote. The tweet has kicked off a wide range of responses, both of support and dissent in the comments, with some insisting there's already a remaster and, quote, online is not finished yet for last for The Last of Us 2, end quote. And others stating it'll be as Naughty Dog uh, it'll be as Naughty Dog originally rem- imagined it because of the advancements in game making technology, and no one is being forced to buy it. Tim, how exhausted are you by this discussion? <laughs> so much, man. I just like I don't understand why people feel the need to have their opinions about these type of things out there in the world, going back and forth. Like I, I've made it a a mantra of mine to try my damnedest to not get involved on Twitter in the discourse. I understand that we're here talking about it on the show. I understand that in a lot of ways, this is adding to the conversation, but I feel like it's different because it's me and you. We're having a conversation here bless, just talking. We're just in used. the comfort of our own homes. Of you course. know what I mean? <laughs> but when I see this shit on, on Twitter, just the vitriol, just like the, the ridiculous under misunderstanding of how games are made, how games are played, like all the aspects of it all, where I look at this and I'm just like, 
sure, people can look at it and be like, of course the developer is going to say it's not a cash grab. What are they going to say? That it is a cash grab? But it's like, why was this developer led to have to say this? You know? Yeah. $70 for Last of Us. I understand. That is a lot of money. For sure. It is. But it's also one of the best games of all time. This is also Sony putting their best foot forward, knowing that the HBO show is about to get more eyes on this product than ever before, like by a large margin. And they don't want to put out a budget title for Last of Us. They want Last of Us to be like, oh, this is a premium thing. Like They want new viewers to look at this and be like, oh, man, like this, this is one of the defining games of PlayStation, right? Does that suck? from a value perspective yeah it does there's no getting around that 70 dollars, no matter what level of remake it is for the last of us a game that came out in 2013 that was already remastered that was already like playable on the playstation 5 in its remastered form like all that stuff yeah sure but they're putting the work in they're making it better like it is going to be hopefully the definitive version of last of us that for generations forward will be the one that we're talking about until it's remade again 100 100 for 80 dollars <laughs> oh my god can you imagine i mean but like on that on that same note though you know video games are very expensive to make and they're getting more expensive to make as technology continues to get uh bigger and better and, and expectations increase in terms of oh this game needs to look incredible this game needs to run incredible last is part one needs to look like last is part two but to make last is part one look like last is part two you need to put you need to put in a lot of work and a lot of budget. Like, and I understand the, I, there's a, I, I think there's a big disconnect between consumer and marketing here in terms of how, what PlayStation is trying to sell The Last of Us Part 1 as and what they understand it to be versus the consumer and some of the, um, I guess, like the tiredness that people experience in terms of, I played Last of Us so many times in the last decade, right? That game came out in 2013. I played the remaster. The remaster is still very playable, right? Like I'm like, I think Last of Us is a game that has aged pretty well. You know, we played it right before Last of Us Part Two, and I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought the game, I thought the game still looked really good. I thought the game still played pretty smoothly. It's a game that in my opinion, doesn't need a remake from a mm -hmm. consumer perspective. From a business marketing perspective, yeah, Last of Us, the TV, sh the HBO show is about to come out. A whole new audience is going to get into it. You have this thing that you can put out natively on the PS5 to make it look and run on par with Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, like let's put it out. Let's let's create that synergy and also <laughs> let's charge seventy dollars for it because, again, we're we're viewing this thing on the same par as Last of Us Part Two in terms of scope, technology, whatever. I kind of get how you come down on that, and on on on, on the same level, I get how people are like, I don't want to buy that. I think for me, the solution there is. All right, cool. Let's not buy it. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be for you. This is going to be a project that is for people that are coming into the 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 uh, franchise new because they watch the HBO Max show or play Last of Us Part Two and want an excuse to finally go back and play Last of Us Part One. Like, I think this is for those people, not for people who might still be into playing remastered. Yeah, and on top of that, like, look, the chances of this game being available on some PlayStation Plus service within a year and a half is very high. So oh, yeah. if you don't want to buy the game again now, wait a little bit. Just wait a little bit. You're going to play it. You're going to get it. Like, that's how these things work, man. Tim, me and you are tired mm -hmm. of the, the, so the tired. Twitter discourse. Ugh. You know who else is tired? Hideo Kojima. Hideo yeah. Kojima is tired of you bitches. Story number five, uh, I'm pulling from Emma Roth at The Verge, and that is, that is the title of, of my, that's my headline for it, right? Mm -hmm. Hideo Kojima is tired of you bitches. That is not Emma Roth's title. I did a little bit, <laughs> I, 
did a little bit of editorializing. I think her story was just that like Hideo Kojima is thinking about pressing charges. Uh, but I, I digress. To transition into the story itself, Hideo Kojima's game studio has issued a response after fake posts circulated across social media and news outlets uh, that misidentified Kojima as the assassin of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Uh, and I might be pronouncing that. I apologize if I am. In a tweet, Kojima Productions says it, quote, strongly condemns the spread of fake news and rumors that convey false information and will consider taking legal action in some cases, end quote. On Friday, a man shot and killed Abe uh, during his speech at a political campaign rally. Police captured the shooter at the scene, who was later identified as the 41-year-old Tetsuya Yamagami. Shortly after the incident, an internet troll on 4chan posted a racist image that links Kojima's face with that of the shooter. Another user replied to the post with three additional pictures of Kojima that, sh uh, that show the Metal Gear industrialing designer in a Soviet cap, as well as posing with images of Argentine revolutionary uh, Che Guevara. French comedian uh, Georges Giordito later reshared these images on Twitter as part of a now-deleted satirical post that said the culprit was Japanese soccer, uh, soccer star uh, Keisuke Honda. However, Damien Rio, a far-right French politician associated with the country's nationalist movement, took it seriously and tweeted out images of Kojima with text translated to, quote, the far left kills, end quote. As pointed out by Vice, the images were, were then picked up by Greek and Iranian news outlets that mistakenly used the pictures in their coverage of the assassination. Rio has since deleted his tweet and issued an apology to Kojima, noting, quote, I naively took a joke for information, end quote. Tim, First of all, this is some wild shit. Yeah. But also, goddamn, Metal Gear Solid 2 is fucking prophetic. It <laughs> you know, is insane. Like, Metal Gear Solid 2 continues to be one of the greatest games ever made. Because goddamn, that man predicted everything. It's wild. And the fact <laughs> that he's involved with this nonsense is so unfortunate, man. Like, what a what a disaster of this entire, entire world, man. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. Again, the internet continues to be tiring, but... I would hope that one day it all stops, right? That we can all be good to each other, that we can all treat each other well. But Tim, mm -hmm. that day might be so far away. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. I just read ahead and read one of the games coming out today, and I need to know what it is. Yeah. Now, I'm excited to see which one you're talking about, Tim, because there's two There's two games coming out, right? We got Which today. one do you think it is, Blast? Which one do you think is making me laugh? I'm going to guess it's the second one. So we got out today, The Walking Dead Last Mile on... Well, actually, I, no, I don't know which one it is. The Walking Dead Last Mile on Facebook. On Facebook. Okay, you're right. That is that is <laughs> that funny. That is probably the one. That's because that's really funny. And then we also have Froggo it's for PS5 Froggo. and PS4. Kevin, okay. can you look up Frogo? What the fuck is Frogo? <laughs> sure, no problem. I'll, I'll check out Frogo. The spelled F R O G O. Yeah. That's first and foremost. But yeah, I was looking at this that at this uh, this Walking Dead thing because I think this is the first time ever that I've had an out today that is out today on Facebook, which has me very curious on what that is. And the so biggest hit since Farmville, man. Dude, right? Yeah, like Kevin, I might I might after Frogo, I might need you to look up what Walking Dead: The Last Mile is because I'm very curious. God, Frog. As you're looking that up, though, I can do new dates real quick, right? Yeah, new I mean, dates Frogo. You. Are you not? Are you having a tough time? I, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm having a tough time finding a trailer. I can see walkthroughs. Hold on. As you're doing that, uh, new dates for you: Rise as a drug lord and cartel tycoon. 
<laughs> coming to PC July 26th. Kev, I'm sending assets a very important video to pick up. Um, we are lucky enough that the player X has uploaded to his YouTube channel new PS5 game Frogo 4K 120 frames per second ray tracing on full walkthrough. Okay. Okay. One second. Yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out uh, to player. That was the one that I didn't click assets. And then also mm -hmm. today, or also new date for you, uh, Fashion Police Squad hops onto Steam and Epic on August 15th. So here we go, Frogo. <laughs> Jesus. 4K 120 frames per second <laughs> ray tracing on. <laughs> For audio God listeners, bless you, Player X. This looks like a very generic mobile game. Um, think Frogger, except instead of crossing the street, you're just walking places. Oh, wait, no, no, there's oh, a street. Oh, you're across the street. There there's it is. A street. Hold on. Can you fast forward to, like, I want to see if he's actually crossing the street. Oh, he does. He does. This God, looks the really movement, bad. The movement. He's moving so like he's bad. moving on ice. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Oh God. All right. Well, that's enough Frogo for today. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, can you also look up for me The Walking Dead Last Mile? Because I'm very curious on what this is on Facebook. The Walking Dead. Tim, if you had a guess, I know you're looking it up right now. If you had yeah, a guess, right, what I'll Walking stop. Dead Last Mile is. That's, I mean, it's a Facebook game. I don't know. Like my gut still tells me it's going to be like a first person, a third person shooter, maybe. I'm going to guess choose your own adventure. Mm. I think you're getting to pivotal moments as like a walking dead squad. And you had to figure out like, all right, do we chop off his arm or do we let mm. him turn? Ready? Or do we mm -hmm. stay hungry or do we turn into cannibals? I'm ready. All right. So we got, it looks almost like a telltale style thing. Graphically. Yeah. The next chapter of the Walking Dead saga. We got a zombie. Walker zombies. Zombie frozen. Are we driven by by fans? Skip forward a bit, Kat. Let's see. Do we get some gameplay up in this bitch? I mean, this is the cinematic trailer. Mm. You got a dude with a gun walking up to another dude. That happens a lot in the Walking Dead universe. It looks like he's he's robbing him. He's about to steal his backpack. Oh shit, he's fighting back. What are the chances one of these guys gets shot? Oh, hi. There it is. <laughs> Very high. Yeah, I'm trying to find uh their survival depends on you. Oh, it's an interactive live stream series. Open the gates! An interactive scripted live stream Someone storytelling. Get the dog. Oh, you know what? I have an email. I have a, a press release. I have a press release from this game. Ladies and gentlemen, bless out an email. <laughs> the story begins with the first episode of Yvette Nicole Brown's weekly interactive live stream. Shout out to Yvette Nicole Brown. Absolutely love her. Uh, Why Josh and community. Uh, uh, this live stream is on Facebook. Watch. It airs at 4 p.m. Pacific time today, where she'll be joined by Felicia Day, a the homie, uh, to set up the story and explain how viewers can help impact the survivor's journey. Throughout The Walking Dead, uh, Last Mile's four-month run, Brown and Day will host regular live streams highlighting the big moments that propel The Walking Dead Last Mile narrative forward, discussing the story with various guests, and revealing key decisions made by the audience in the instant game. So I think it's like a group play where hmm. Facebook users are all deciding how the story goes together. That's I got more interesting. Nifty. Yeah, that's way more interesting than I even would have thought. I'm kind of into it, actually, especially with it being hosted by uh, Yvette and um, Felicia Day. 
That actually sounds delightful. I might tune into that. I'll let y'all know. For now, let me tell you about a deal of the day for you. Uh, this comes from Wario64. You can get No More Heroes 3 on Switch for $29.99 at GameStop right now. So jump on Sick. that if you've been uh, waiting to, to hop on that No More Heroes 3. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, a lot of y'all uh, wrote in, actually not even a lot of y'all, Lanky Dragoon wrote in <laughs> to let us know that the Ubisoft uh, thing got updated, uh, which we talked about, so we appreciate that. And then Nitro39 uh, says that according to an EA blog post, Hazelight is partnered with EA, not owned. Cool. Um, Imagine, but like, imagine being Hazelight, right? You're putting out some of the best EA games in years, and you're not even owned by EA. That must be nice. Yeah, it must, it like, must be nice. I hope, I hope, uh, the homie Joseph Ferris is out there, just like dressing, up, dressing in, in Prada and like feeling himself. You know? Hell yeah! Head, you know? <laughs> head to toe Prada. Head to toe Prada, stun on them hoes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Joseph Ferris. <laughs> this week's host, you know, you know, you know. Uh, this week's host for kind of funny games daily go like this. Tomorrow you're getting me and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Jenna Garcia. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Tim and Lucy for a giant bomb slash GameSpot uh, takeover of Kind of Funny Games Daily. So get hyped for that. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Greg with the return of KFW. Kevin, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes, you have it right. That that sounded suspicious. But yes, let's fucking go. KFW is back, baby. Uh, If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can go to YouTube.com. It's Kind of Funny Games. Remember this. Has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.